Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. They are also the title sponsor of the Renault GAA World Games in 2019, which you can find happening in Waterford from the 28th of July to August the 1st, and the finals in Crow Park on August the 2nd. 1,300 players from 10 regions around the globe coming home to play on Irish soil, so you have no excuse not to make it down. You can find out more about that at reno.ie slash JA, where you'll also get access to some special offers exclusive to JA members. So check it out now. A, a, a grain, all right. A, a, a grain, all right. If you want to tip the scale, just remember that then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. morning folks uh, happy july thank you all for listening to the irish examiner championship podcast 2019 and now delighted to announce that uh new sponsors for the podcast uh reno ireland uh, official car partners of the ga and uh delighted to have reno on board with us um we hope we're providing some form of entertainment for people in their renos on the way home from work and going to work so uh delighted to, to link up there and and appreciate that and uh hopefully it's a fruitful uh, partnership going forward. Great lineup today. Uh, delighted for the first time to be joined by uh, O'Loughlin Gales and Kilkenny Great Brian Hogan. You're welcome, Hoggy. Thanks, Ella. Uh, and uh, Ger Cunningham of the Bears is uh, with us again. Morning, Ger. Morning, Ger. Uh, and I think we've 12 All Ireland seniors between the three of us, have we? Yeah, 12 between the three. Yeah, between and four of us. so we're also joined today by TJ Ryan of Gary Spillane <laughs> and Limerick. Thanks, Dillo. The current still dollar, good, the current dollar champions. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't expect that one, TJ. Sorry, but I was thinking about that last night driving from Dublin. <laughs> and I was Googling how many All-Ireland your men had. <laughs> Okay, boys, I'll have the last half yet. I, I knew what I had. I had a fair idea what he had. I had to Google your man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, you'll have the last laugh on, on, on the goings of, uh, of yesterday. Uh, I suppose, look, lads, overall, I'm just going to say, big day yesterday, obviously, huge scenes at the ends of both things and, and you know, a great joy for, for Wexford and for Limerick. Um, and the only thing I'd say is, you know, and we'll talk a bit more about this later on, about overall structures, but the Leinster final and the Munster final on the one day, you know, funny, huge crowds, obviously, like Limerick, Jan, well, 44,000, is it? 44,000, like, I suppose, look, speaking provincially and parochially from yesterday, fantastic occasion in Limerick, huge atmosphere before the game, 
Limerick Miners winning as well, winning seniors, front your home crowd, beating Tipperary, doesn't get much better for us now. No, 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 no. You, 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 I'll tell you one thing. If you like a fellow, look, if like a cat that just got the cream there, I'll tell you that. He's biting back straight away, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> that should have always a kickback in that yeah, left. Yeah. Fifteen all. You obviously <laughs> never, you obviously never marked him, John. <laughs> if you give it, you'll be getting it back. <laughs> oh, but he, he had the odd time. He came down to us the odd time, like when he was yeah. kind of a. When he was kind of dispensed with the ball, he was coming. He came down to the other end of the pitch. Was at times, no man's you know? land. Yeah, <laughs> but no. To get back to it, fantastic day, and I said, look, Limerick hit the high notes. There, as you can see, um, the, the numbers all read well. And just as I said, for Limerick to have all three major cups at the one time, there was a huge, huge achievement. I suppose given some of the history we've had, but this team is different. And I suppose, look, they proved it again yesterday. Absolutely, and I'll still stick to my theory. You didn't want to be there, but once you were there. You had to win. Ah, well, come, to, come back to, I, I, I'm not sure. Like, definitely John changed it up. It was the third week in a row the last time around, two weeks ago. He made a couple of changes. But I suppose the guys, for me, like what Keane does in the middle of the field, what Decky Hannon brings the centre-back, they're just key influencers in this team. And yesterday, I suppose the intensity was up. And, you know, as yeah, we'll the numbers we'll, we'll, we'll get to Lynch like I thought, you know, just really back to last year. It wasn't unreal. But uh, Brian, just... Fifty two thousand in Croker as well, like but it, me and you just talking in the canteen there, you'd said you'd love to have been at the Munster final as well. Mike has gone. Mike has got just fallen apart there. Um I would have, yeah. I mean there was three matches on yesterday that I'd love to have seen, you know, the Leash Westmead match, um obviously the Kilkenny Wexford match and, and you know, it goes without saying, you know, we're all hurling hurling people here, you know, Munster final, massive tradition tradition, you know, huge occasion. Just a pity I was sitting in the M50 trying, you know, making my way up to Crow Park when, when that was going on and, you know, listening to it on the radio is grand, but it's not the same really, you know. So, yeah, it's it's been commented on already. It's, got, it's something that you're going to have to look at. It's 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 mental to have yeah. two two of the biggest matches of the year, yeah. same, you know, on the same day. Yeah, Jerry, I was in Croker, obviously, on duty and we were watching the Munster final, obviously, obviously that was the live game and the Christy Ring final was going on behind us out the window. And like we couldn't watch it, like. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's like <clears throat> the situation playing like we just spoke about earlier on. Like that, that's that's a very important competition for the for the teams that are playing in it. And I suppose you have to try develop, you know, the you know the next tier of teams that are below the top tier. And it's it's brilliant for you know Leash, Westmead, Kerry, Offaly, all the teams that are in there as well. But I suppose the you know I suppose the knock on effect of having that match at uh, at, uh, at at two o'clock is that the actual minor match went into half eleven in the morning. Yeah, or maybe it's, yeah. it's it's a, you know something we can chat about later on. But I suppose yeah, I suppose the situation where going back to Brian's point of view, you know, <clears throat> you have to look at playing the two of them one on Saturday night, one Sunday. But probably the politics of who goes to Saturday night or who goes to Sunday, you know. Well, I asked the question in the studio yesterday now to maybe a few of the powers that be there around RTE, you know, and they said like the Munster Council plane refused to switch the hurling final because not so much that it's the Munster Hurling final and we're kind of precious about it, let's face it, I know that the Kenny boys often go, what, what, what old final? But uh, that they said, we've switched the football final, uh, you know, to Saturday nights and our attendances are down. But I just think that if Cork come back to where they maybe are on a little bit on their way towards being back to Cork football, they'll fill that Munster football final again. Like, Yeah, well, probably, well I suppose you look back at, I think, was it 2010, there was a replay of the Munster final, Cork and Waterford was played on a Saturday night. So you know, so the replay was played the following That's Saturday right. night. So again, there is a bit of a precedent, precedent there that you played on a Saturday night. But I think they could rotate every second year in a situation play Munster one on a Saturday one year and swap it over That's every second year. But 100%. they need to do a situation where it needs to be looked at. I think that people, hurling people, 
you know, we get so many we great hurling matches. We all want to see the games and like to be able to go to a weekend where you could look at the Munster final on a Saturday night, head off up to Dublin to see the Leinster final. You know, that's what people want to see. Joe Hindale or Argan said, no, just the week was tough. Tickets were very, very scarce down our way. We, we, yeah, he picked up plenty of calls. So like uh, 44,000, it was tight enough stand tickets. So to try and get more of you in might have been, might have been a, a difficult squeeze yesterday. So look... I suppose it is what it is. There's very little we can do about the calendar. I would like, I suppose, maybe just for you guys analysing and stuff, if you had a live kind of feed coming from Limerick, you need to be there. You need to feel the action. It's very difficult to listen to analysts talking about a game who aren't actually at the game. The other point to bear in mind is we're all about promoting the game. You know, and if you've got those two games on the same day, even from a journalist, journalistic point of view, you know, you have a week to build. You're, you're, you're trying to get reports in about both matches, a build-up on both matches. The ideal situation, from my mind, would be to have the Leinster final on this weekend or the Munster final, and then the one on the following weekend to, to give you an opportunity to to give the, each of the, the big events the attention it deserves. And even the the, the likes of the Leash Westmead match was shoved over to kind of a, a side column on the paper. You know? yeah, well, I think that would be the ideal ideal, Brian. To be fair, but I even think if you go back to last year's semi-final weekend like what a festival of hurling nearly you know in Dublin we, you know it's just nearly buzzing walking out yeah, of the Cork Limerick Sunday, yeah. yeah you know and we had a replay to look forward to Clare Galway it's just you know even that second day but we'll look we'll talk about structures a bit later on we'll get a bit more game specific and keep things moving look we'll start with the the run of order things we won't mention the minor match uh, TJ uh, Clare will be back later on that, uh, in that competition a couple there. of good players there Dale in fairness Clare Castle centre back Keen, yeah. Keen Galvin ah, great, great lad great lad yeah. and a surprise surprise with a Clare Castle captain not bringing home the cup like. but uh, you know look look, it's not over yet the Irish press could land in the village yet you, you can't know uh, that's me no I won't mention Clare Castle again for the rest of the programme prom- promise or the sweeper system no well we might touch on that we have to, might have to touch on that Um we were just saying it to Larry there beforehand. Before a ball was thrown in in Limerick yesterday, you had a six-player swing. Now, in Premier League terms, you're possibly talking six of the, six of the best players in the Premier League, let's say, a swing. You call Barrett and Bonner gone off the tip team. You had Declan Hannan, you had Keane Lynch, you had Graham McCahey and Gerard Hagerty coming into a Limerick team. That's a fair swing in two weeks, TJ. Massive swing, and you could probably maybe add in the fact that the tip management decided to pull Brendan Maher back, which took kind of a player out of his kind of perfect position that he'd been playing very well. Maybe another little bit of an influencer, but yeah, like I, I would agree with you, Dale. Like I think the Keane Lynch is just so critical for the Limerick team. What he does in the middle of the field, the wizardry, the class, he just mixes it so well. That middle third, he's really comfortable. The tighter the space, he just seems to get more comfortable. And what I would also say is, definitely the tip forward line to me doesn't operate as well without Bonner. There's no doubt about that. I think. Yeah, I suppose. In, I suppose looking back on it, I think it's probably if if Liam was probably sitting down this morning to review the most championship and re- review their own Robin, I'd say he probably didn't take on the lessons that John Kylie learned last year in relation that you you know you must rotate your squad. And I don't. I think that he would look at it now. He's you know he lost a very influential player in Bonner. Carl Barr was injured. I'd say now after the you know he, I'd say he's probably ruining the chance of when he had a chance against Limerick in the in the last round robin match, not to throw in three or four of the guys just to test them out and see where they're at. I think he's he could be you know there was you know to a they were going well they were playing very well too. I think it was an ideal opportunity to throw in a couple of guys and they were qualified and they were qualified you know so it was a great chance. So yesterday now again went with the same team. 
But I think yesterday was a needs must win again for Limerick. They had lost twice. Does they would not have been happy, even though they were going on to the quarter final or semi final, it didn't matter. They, if, you know, for a team to lose three times and potentially still win the All Ireland, I think it yeah. might have knocked them from a situation. Might have knocked their uh, their aura a bit in the context of like that. Uh, you know, there's no team likes losing, and if they it lost, would never have happened before. Obviously, no, it would have happened before, but to lose three yeah. times and then potentially still win an All Ireland. I, I think, they, and I think yesterday, to me, was looking at it like when I, I think needs must for Limerick this year when they had to beat Waterford. When they had to be clear, they performed. And yesterday was one, I think, from their own pride point of view, they were going to win yesterday. They were going to really put up the tip area yesterday. And, and, and yeah, I wouldn't disagree you know. with you. Like, I think that we mightn't be finished with Limerick and Tip yet. Right, we'll come back to that in a while. But certainly, I do think that uh, Limerick kind of just were just very comfortable with the tip system yesterday. They had the puck out down to a tee. Tip struggled big time in their own puck out. I would say Sheedy, if he had maybe hindsight again, he would have changed it up. But at the same time, when a team is going very well, scoring very well, these are confidence players. Mm. Maybe just the last thing I'd say is, and maybe Brian Kilkenny probably did. This has been the masses of it for years. Is when you get it, when you make a couple of changes, right, and you give a couple of guys a chance to play and they play well, right. I would say the knock-on effect in training is probably where the real bonus is because if, if if there's a threat of a guy taking your place, right, you just up your game. And I, I think it's in the train, and it's where Sheedy probably would have really felt it in the last two weeks if Jerry had made those changes. And Hoggie, that's probably the way he operated when you were at yeah. full steam. Oh yeah, I mean one of the things that Brian would have always guarded against was complacency. It's the thing he hated. You know, it was that anyone getting not above their station but feeling comfortable. Yeah, and absolutely by by putting a few players in the last day, the likes of Donahue or Paddy O'Loughlin or whatever, it not it doesn't just give them a lift because they're thinking in their heads, I'm there or thereabouts, I'm. You know, I keep it going now, and I'm sure he was in their ear saying to him, "The jersey's yours now." You know, but it also gives a, you know, it kind of uh, puts a shot in the likes of Jeremy Burns and Keane Lynch. You know, for whatever reason, maybe not starting the last day, but they're looking. Jesus, the boys are after playing well. I might be in trouble. And to TJ's point, next day, next night out, you're in training. John Cody probably doesn't have to say a whole lot. He's the boys. You know, Keane Lynch is there, Mark and Willie. You know, or Mark and O'Donoghue in, in the middle of the field, and they're. Darrell Donovan Darrell Donovan is there you know starting the All-Irelands maybe yeah. coming off the back last year thinking I'm an All-Ireland winner midfield great stuff next thing he's looking over his shoulder going so Kylie's in the perfect position and not only that then you know maybe if he is down two players like say you know where he picks up like two picked up with in, two, a couple of injuries Bonner and Kyle Barrett they were a bit thin on the grounds in the bench whereas John Kylie could turn to his bench and he has options in every line which you know I suppose at certain periods we were in that fortunate position as well you know and I, I can I can you know to, to Kylie's credit, you know he's he. That's something he's built over the last you know twelve yeah, the, months. Even the halfback line yesterday was there near the end of the game when Declan Hanlon got injured. De Bruyne, you would, you would expected Pelly Lachlan because of what happened that he would have been the first up for that back line to bring on Barry Nash. First ball he gets turns on the line, sticks it over the bar. Flying so, and trying. So you know, you're kind of saying, hey, kind of for the next couple of weeks now, I want to play in Crow Park. So that's what maybe that Jarrah's alluded but does to. That, does that have a knock-on effect on Paddy now yesterday like when he, after playing a couple of games that he didn't get a game and I suppose I was very disappointed for him like having played a big part in, in, in the games all up along coming on you know he'll get a monster medal but not having played in the match I think you've got to be very careful how you handle all these things like you know that's, that's good that's a job it's for Tony O'Regan it's still creating that, like you said yeah. Limerick now have a four week break right let's say that this week will be handy right but you can imagine there'll probably be maybe two or possibly three bits of 15 and 15s between now and then like, you can nearly feel it already because of those couple of changes like absolutely the wing forwards will know about it yeah with, with, I, I, had, I had heard that Barry Nash like and who'd, who'd come up with it probably only maybe Kinnerk yeah. that Barry Nash an out and out forward as we know him TJ all his life and, yeah. and uh, say look at it's not really going well for him in the forwards let's have a look at him he's one of the fastest guys obviously in Limerick 
Uh, he's a flyer, Barry Nash, yeah. and let's have a look at him wing back and like he went up the field and got that point there yesterday. And I, I hear you about Paddy, he has done so well. But I suppose if you're winning, everything is right. And you, you, you know, if you're winning, you're in control. If you're beaten yesterday and you bring on Barry Nash and, and he concedes a goal to his men and you didn't bring on Paddy O'Loughlin, you're getting it in the ear this morning. But if you're winning and it's going well. Yeah, and again, I'm sure Paddy was doing almost his hurling and training in the wing back position, you know, and he's he's looking at Dan Morrissey and Dermot Burns as the guys he's looking to push out. Barry Nash is playing centre, so it's it, there, there's a player for every position rather than trying to shift a guy across into the centre, you know, because they are different positions in other ways as well. So, and it just opens there. Everyone's guessing, you know, and uh, when you win, it's all great. Just looking at both benches like yesterday, and like like I, I just want to touch on one guy, TJ, as well, like. I knew a bit about him from club hurling, right? And bits and pieces from Limerick. Like, what? Like, Will O'Donoghue, to me, was like a human wrecking ball out there yesterday. I just thought, like, he hit. I, he must be in agony this morning now. It's that sweet pain, you know, when you win a championship match and you're covered in bruises and belts, but it's beautiful because you walk up and you're once a championship medal and you're going off meeting the lads uh, for a few soothing ales. Uh, it, but I tell you, it, he hit... I mean, they obliterated Don McGrath and Michael Breen. Well, the two tip midfielders were replaced, I suppose, which, which is testament to what the boys did in the middle of the field. But Will, obviously, he had to be playing very well to kind of dislodge Dara in the middle of the field. But he just suits the way they're trying to do, what they're trying to do so well, right? He's just available for the offload every single time and he's quite happy to offload the ball in a better position. I don't know the stats in terms of how many possessions he had, but I'd say an awful lot of possessions he had, Dillo, I don't think the ball touched his hurley. He might have won the ball, taken the hit and then given the offload. So it was kind of a, just a perfect example of using the ball smartly in that middle third as Sir Farrell says about Dahi Burke uh, at full back who won four all-stars in a row there uh, up to this year I presume maybe he mightn't get it this year they went out so early but he needn't have a hurl at all <laughs> he says <laughs> playing full back you know but, but that I, I absolutely thought he broke up so many attacks and just was just a dream for a half back line a guy like that in front of you you know Reminded me of Ali Baker, like, as a speaker, do your thing. <laughs> you know, cop going around the place, hitting everything to move. Yeah, well, Tip were in trouble at midfield after maybe the opening 15, 17, 18 minutes, right? Well, kind of the, the game settled after that, just literally just dominated that, that area of the pitch. And like, Tip could have no answer. They moved Dan McCormack there, but it just didn't seem to kind of be able to stymie the, what the boys were doing at all. And then, like, up front, like, I just, like, Peter Casey gave one of those displays he was been threatening to give, I suppose, since early in the league. And, uh, I kind of felt it was coming, tell you the truth. Uh, I'd, I'd love the bones of him. Like, you know, he's just a dinger. He's a wizard. And for the smallest guy on the squad, uh, he was about the only one that could look Michael D in the eye for the, for the <laughs> when he came out. Kess, <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, like the strength of him, like to get up from the belt as well, like that. Absolutely, time. yeah. He's just like... For a small fella, he's actually working with us at the moment in Cuba in, in Limerick. So, uh, oh my getting, god, he's getting a good school in there. Dillo. <laughs> Is uh, he in this morning? No, he's got a day after there. <laughs> but uh, his balance, his hands, like everything about him, and like maybe the way, like the way maybe Tip got very fixated with Aaron Gillan, which was kind of tucked away to one side. Like, Gillan kind of stayed out of the way, created a lot of space there for Peter, and then Graham running all over the place definitely helped. And but just at the same time, to score one five. Literally up the road from home in a monster final in front of a full house. That's that's what you you hurl your life for. Yeah, and he's he's a he's a great sparring partner and underage uh, buddy Kyle outside him at centre really kind of even from the Turles game or party 
sort of dominated at centre back. Kyle, I thought, shoved up the field one two. I mean, the goal alone, like he actually got the block. He, he got the block because he just threw his body in the way. But like another player be down feeling his ass about the belt of the ball. Yeah. He got he got up and made a sprint in on the basis that. Queso just might flick it off James Barry like yeah. it was incredible yeah. we, yeah, were taking, we were taking credit there for all those guys there well ago <laughs> no 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 no. but I just they're the only ones I know <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness like you do you do be sitting in the stand going go on Kyle <laughs> but I suppose the other way it's gone the way the game has gone and what's expected of forwards nowadays like that from you know in the past we were going to you know, get, get a couple of scores win the game for us but like every forward now has been analysed and been, been assessed on you know his hooks and blocks and what what they do and you know I, I spoke to I rang George O'Connor going up yesterday morning he was heading up to the Leinster final and, and uh, I was saying looking forward to the day he said I'm looking forward whatever what the result he said I'm looking forward I want to see pieces of magic that's all I wanted to see and I think if you look at both games I think Peter Casey's you know would have to come into that kind of situation where a little flick like absolutely brilliant timing flick it away next thing five seconds later the ball's in the net like you know yeah. so there was those moments you know yesterday Peter yeah. Casey was one I thought Brian Hogan had some superb saves in the context of the, of game, of the game like he kept tipping it for a long time like you know so uh, but again it, it's the way the way the forwards have gone Kyle Hayes Tom Morrissey you know the, like forwards Gar- nowadays I, I, and I think Gerald Hegarty I think we're that so, could be a halfback claim nowadays yeah well we're suffering in Cork in that we're you know we're expecting Conor Lehan maybe to do that kind of sort of role now that he's been compared to other players that uh, you know will you work as hard you, you, you know, he has the same skill as them but maybe his work rate off the pit or off the you know off the ball where he's now expected to to go back to the halfback and win the ball turn it over and get back up the pitch and that's not his game as such and people are now comparing maybe you know other teams and that's what Limerick are doing at the moment and they've, they have very good players that are doing it yeah, I was just listening to Derek McGrath during the week uh, Derek who often joins us here uh, for the pod and he was just saying how when he started like kind of adult management he took over the LSL and like he wasn't mentioning seven defenders at this stage you know, but uh, he said uh, like like the forwards will have to work back the field and he said one hand went up now we can only imagine who that De La Salle <laughs> My job is to score here, boy. <laughs> I'd say he might have been closely related to Derek. Well, not, not blood-related, but, uh, you know, there could, could have been an interlink there. But, like, uh, just to tell you the change as well, isn't it? Like, and, and uh, obviously, I'm talking about John Mullane, and uh, John would have been one of the greatest scoring forwards we would have seen in the last, you know, 20 years. But he put up the hand straight away and said, brother-in-law, yeah, I ain't working yeah. back. Yeah, it's just evolution. Like you, you mentioned Gerard Hegarty as a halfback. He started as a halfback, I think, really in Limerick. I think he played in there. You would have known it, like so. He would have, he would have known what's involved to be to be in that kind of situation. You know, Joseph Cooney and Galway again. I suppose who was a halfback went up to the forward line and has gone back to the back line. So, I think when teams are picking the teams now, like they're looking at guys who can who can work. And Kyle Hayes, I thought just he was a, he was a man mountain yesterday. Yeah. Centre back in the All Ireland twenty one team. Yeah, yeah and. Again, you know, bring it back to my days. Um, the guy we're talking about is the, probably the best forward in the game at the moment, TJ Reid. Um, that's it. Took him five years, to really, to you know, four or five years to nail, and he was the best club hurler in the in our in the county for for that period. But it was that work rate that he added to his game, and, and he went from being a, a very good forward to just being a at the best. You um, know, and his his work rate off the ball. You know, you see when he doesn't have the ball, it's incredible. Would you put that down to Brian, or did the penny drop with TJ, or a bit of both? Both, uh, I mean, Brian was, you know, with all the forwards, you know, his expectation is very clear in terms of what he wants. You know, uh, that's what Colin Fenley brings. He's in your face. You can't clear a ball um, freely with him. He's just hooking and blocking. Owen Larkin did a job that probably similar to what Gerald Hegarty is doing now, up and down the flank from wing forward. Work rate incredible. And for TJ, it was a case of 
well, I'm scoring one five, one six, you know, in in club matches or whatever, you know. But yeah, it was it was a case of the penny dropping, and 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 once that did, I mean. It, he became a different animal altogether. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I suppose if you look at of what Limerick have, you know, they're they're all brilliant players in their own right. But like as regards, that's where the banner I think is going to be the, the loss that that of, to him to tip going forward. I think huge loss. People are going to yeah. yeah I was going to say that I was you know in other sports maybe in soccer right like you see their GPS readings live. John said this guy's covered yeah. nine thousand or ten thousand meters. It'd be great to see for some of those. Might be hard on some of them right if you could actually see their GPS readings live. The second thing I say about the Limerick half forward line, like. I think everybody associates now hard work, jumps in, aggression, intensity, and all that kind of stuff, right? But these boys score at will oh, as well, like, right? Like, Limerick scored 220 from play yesterday, right? Garrod Hegarty, three points, one, two from Kyle Hayes, four points from Tom Morrissey. Like, so, I mean, that's some return from a half hour line. Well, that's against, uh, like, what we were talking about earlier in the year. The, you know, potentially the best half. The potentially the best half by the three Mars were outstanding against Cork. But I think the impact of moving Brendan Maher. Out of that halfback, then I think going forward, I think he, I don't think he'll do it again. I think that he, he did a great job on Gillan. I thought he really, he did a great really, job, really. I was going to say that. Yeah, no, he did I think, a great job. I think he was caught between the rock and a hard place. I did. He was, you know, he wanted obviously he had a job to do, but I think again, again, when you lose, you, you all these things come into come into light. Uh, people will say, well, why didn't you play him at the halfback then? Let, let somebody else worry about Gillan. But if you were in his shoes, you'd say, well, Gillan is the man we have to we have to stop. And Cork kind of stopped Gillan, and it looked like that's half the battle. And I'd say maybe that was in Liam Sheedy's head this week. Oh, I've no doubt. And I don't say And he has played, I think Brendan Maher played as a minor, played cornerback as well. So it obviously shows again, does he have the trust and the faith in the other guys in the panel that, that are playing cornerback that he maybe doesn't trust them enough that he had to break up the halfback line and brought Seamus Kennedy in? I just thought Brendan Maher was, I think that his impact going forward out in the halfback line there, I thought was a huge loss. Yeah, you could probably play Brendan kind of forward. Like. Yeah, Brendan's, Brendan's super hurt and he did have a super game. The only thing I will say as well, Dylan spoke very briefly this morning about it was puck outs, right? Not a lot of puck outs in the game because of the number of scores, like Limerick at 17 wides, tip at 11. So I'm talking about 70 odd puck outs, right, in a short playing time. Tip's puck outs struggled massively. Like they just couldn't get any kind of any sort of a grip on their own puck out. Right, they went short to James Berry. I think Limerick like, were happy enough for him to go to James Berry. They forced him long. Then Limerick's game plan kicked in and they basically worked the ball back through the middle. They absolutely murdered tip on their own puck out. Actually, look, the bit Brendan Cummins did on the Sunday game last night, looking at it like, sure, they had no hope of once they poked it down the field, like no, it's very hard. And and, and to be honest, as I said I, I know like modern day coaches like they, they spend an awful lot of time kind of in that middle third, and it's kind of like I think maybe the puck out going forward is probably going to get more scrutiny. I know I, I obviously Limerick spent spent a lot of time on it, but certainly like in a game, what we said this morning was seventy odd minutes between injury time, right? Playing time might be around fifty minutes or whatever, right? And you've got seventy two puck outs. That, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of guarantees that you will have the ball. Your keeper has it. You definitely need to get a better return there. The Americans would call them restarts. I think behind the scenes there, I think I think again people and people don't get credit for it. Maybe it's the manager, or the coach gets a lot of it. But Limerick have Sean O'Donnell inside there, who uh, we had him in Cork a couple of years ago as as a video analyst, you know, and the, the role of the analyst now in relation to setting up and looking at the opposition and looking at your own puck outs. And then Peter Casey even commented in a radio interview afterwards. He said we we tip analyze very well. So I've no doubt that the, the work that's going on behind the scenes in preparing a team, and then they had a fortnight as well to get ready for it. Like then they probably learned from Turles and learned from watching Tipperary as to what they were going to do. Like I know Limerick spent a lot of time in, in analysing their puck outs, you know, and they've a they've a great man inside there. Yeah, I I'd say it was as near to the complete performance as I've seen in a few years from a team, you know, in a major 
final like at inter-county level you know coming near the business end of championship I, I thought it was magnificent just Brian how damaging to tip is the manner of the defeat are you be beaten and beaten like I know with Clare we got the two hammerings let's say 13 and 18 and then they really came out with pride against Cork to be fair to them for their management I felt you know and I, I thought they they finished the year with great honour but the, the, it's the, the it's it's the way you're beaten sometimes can really damage yeah no definitely and that's the big the big question is hanging over them now because I suppose one of the things I would have been saying was for about Tipperary was everything was going well the, the, the hurling was free flowing we all know the ability to have the wrist you know the, the, the likes of Bubbles Noel McGrath they can make the ball talk when they hit the speed bump which they were going to hit which every team hits during the course of the season wh- what happens then how do they react now there's a fairly big speed bump yesterday in terms of you know 12 points you know I, I don't think anyone would have had a, you know envisaged Limerick beating by that much um, so it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for Sheedy to, to kind of pull the, the lads together um, maybe previous years, you know, when they suffered a defeat, um, the reaction ha- wasn't what you'd want. Um, you know, I think it's important as players, look, their season's enough. A lot of those lads I would have hurled against back in, you know, 9, 10, 11, they're there long enough that really it has to come from the players as much as from Liam Sheedy. You know, it's it's pulling lads together, you know, in the next day or two, they'll probably come in together on Tuesday night for training um, and start, you know, circling the wagons, if you like, and kind of say, you know, right, where do we go from here and absolutely Liam will have a role in that but I think it does fall back on the players as well because the last few years you know some of the players things have drifted away from you know in terms of the reaction to certain results and uh, I think it's it's as much now the players you know and as, I can only speak from previous experience yeah. a lot of times you know in, the, in, in those situations it's it's the lads it's the players who would have you know called a meeting or, you know, you know or not, maybe not even called a meeting but took over a meeting where the management would have called a meeting and the, lad, the lads would have more senior players would have said right look this is where what happened. This is why we dropped our standards, or you know, um, and you know, if you if you take maybe Wexford as an example, where supposedly they went down to Davy last year, the end of the year, and made sure they wanted them back, and you know that took you know that was a sign of leadership, you know, and as yep. a group. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's a big question mark over Tip now in terms of this. Yeah, I'm not sure, the the, the the I suppose the the end, the end scoreline. Um, with 15 minutes to go, like there was still only three points in it, you know. And if, if Shane McCann had knocked that one in, tip her back in the game against all the odds because they were being beaten all over the pitch, you know what I mean? So, yeah, what about that save? I'd, brilliant save, absolutely brilliant, brilliant save. But I, you know, like he's Nicky does that, he comes out and he spreads, he's, you know, brilliant that's brilliant. fantastic, fantastic you know, to use, use of your feet. You know, a lot of goalkeepers don't use it very often, like they come out. Um, but I thought both goalkeepers yesterday were top class from the point of view of the saves that they made. But it, you know, there were still only 15 minutes to go. But what was disappointing is like when the goal went in from the, the last goal from Kyle Hayes, they kind of down tools a small bit, like you know what I mean. So they have time to recover. They have a fortnight. Um, they have a very good championship record against against Dublin, as you know, like and wherever that's going to be played, you know, it's probably a good. Op- you know, when they when they when did when I suppose when the disappointment begins to slide and they know they're, they're the next potentially next game is their most important one. Uh, they'll bounce back I think quick enough because they're as Brian said they're very experienced um, they mightn't have been here before because most times they'll get to the most final they'll be they'll be fairly winning it you know? so yeah like look TJ if I said if I said to you in January TJ you're Liam Sheedy it's the 1st of July I'm going to offer you if the Dubs beat Leash we have to give Leash full credit obviously they played very well yesterday that you'll have Dublin or Leash and Wexford to be there and the 18th of August, all in the final day. 
Would you think he'd have taken it? Absolutely. No doubt Liam Sheedy will be feeling as low as a snake's belly this morning. Like, it's, there's, there's no worse feeling. Like, being on the line, months of final day, things go wrong, right? And then you've, like, everybody like us here today scrutinising hindsight. We've marvellous glasses today. We can see everything he should have, could have, right? The bottom line is, right, they were playing very well. They were the form team. They were scoring very well, right? Everything was flowing nicely. The couple of things I would say is, there's very strong men in the line here. Sheedy, Eamon O'Shea, Tommy Dunn. Talking about top-class guys here, right? Mm. These guys, I'm sure, will have the corrective actions and the preventative actions in place very early here, right? They will get these boys back in the horse. There's a lot of strong characters in that team as well, right? And I wouldn't have any concerns that they won't get this back together in the next two weeks. My concern, I suppose maybe from sitting on the other side of the fence, is I, I would say this morning they have a great chance of being the Ireland final. And I think that that will be the pick-me-up it took me about maybe two days there to come back and maybe see the light of day I think tomorrow the Sheedy will start to see these Mondays normally I was more four day were you four day day okay (laughs) see the light of day I mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like yeah I think everyone has raised great points there you know Brian has raised the past with them and how how will that come back and you know but I think the incentive is really there for them um and like you don't become I th- I think the interesting thing on it is lads when we get to the round robin in Munster next year will anyone want to finish with eight points four wins yeah do you want a small concern I have about tip like yeah they probably should you, you should probably get a bonus maybe for finishing top as well like right I, that's, that's a different set up right? that again no, way, right? <laughs> one of the concerns you'd have looking at tip right is like what's going to be new for Liam Sheedy? Like he's probably going to be dealing with the same group, same players. It's very difficult to see a lot of changes or what changes he can bring about. No, that's the word I say again. I was going back to the points that we made early on in the year that he didn't rotate, he didn't look at guys, and he's going to, you know, he's, you know, he hasn't trusted the Marcos or the Jerome Cahills or, or the the guys on the panel. And then all of a sudden, when you lose, you know, he lost Carl Barrios. There was probably there was probably an indication if, that he picked him to play. I don't know how close he was to playing or could he have played yesterday. He was yeah, but again, you know, if if it was needs must, would he have played him yesterday? Like if it was a knockout match, you know. But I think again, I think Bonner was a huge loss to that group of forwards. What he what he brings to the to the table on that. So, I think Liam would be would be would have probably preferred a situation where he would have tried a few more. If he again, if he's to look back on the year and so far, what have I found extra? He's kind of given. He's he's. I think he's picked his best players on what he's seeing in training, and I think the teams that he's he's playing are his are his best players. Uh, but I just think he hasn't found a few. Uh, and that might come against them later on. But like we were saying all up along the last couple of weeks, the way they were hurling, they were they were absolutely playing playing brilliant hurling. Yeah. They've had a speed bump, you know. They're going to they've, it's, it's after happening, and it's, it's happened every team so far. It's now how they re- how they respond to it. Yeah, and I suppose they have been beaten by the Ireland champions, you know, by a serious Limerick side. Um, so you, you kind of do have to keep that in mind. And to your point, Jer, it's the manner more so than the defeat, because really it could have gone either way in terms of before the match. You know, it's yeah. hard to call. It's just the manner of a twelve point um, defeat is a bit of a concern um, and we're holding tip at a standard in terms of you know they're probably one of the favourites for the All-Ireland you know, and it's just we've kind of touched on it it's how they react to this speed bump you know and, and how, they're, how are they going to mix it up how are they going to change it around you know because you do you do have to introduce one or two players you see the way Limerick can do that um, and where that kind of free flow and hurling breaks down uh, when it does at, at times um, and, it, and it tends to happen where you don't come up against too many teams, but teams of the physicality of Limerick who can really make that kind of middle third of the field, you know, a, um, a real war zone, if you like, you know. And Dublin, you know, if they, if Dublin are the team they, they end up facing, 
you know, with Moran, Barrett, Crumney, you know, Keeney there, there's there's a lot of big bodies there who who will relish that opportunity, you know, of of, of having a cut off t- tip as well, you know, if that's the way it transpires. But um, but yeah, look, by no means gone out of it, but it's just it, there's a few questions there. Yeah, I think key to it a, a, a lot of if if that proves to be the match up where we can't discount leash yet. Um, would be on O'Donnell being fit for Callanan. You know, Callanan still looked very threatening yesterday, I have to say. He probably hadn't the impact in other games, but what a goal, in fairness, and what another goal, probably only for a great save by Nicky. So I think that that might come down there. L- moving along, lads. Um, obviously, great win, TJ, for you. You know, just honestly, like, it was the scenes at the end. I, you know, I... I I'm, I'm a pro clear man I don't ever want to be a Limerick man never wanted to be uh, really a hand there for a couple of years <laughs> but I tell you one thing your supporters are, are, are an absolute credit to you like the scenes again at the final whistle just incredible and I was only watching from Crow Park I know in, fa- in fairness supporters have been even go back in my time when it wasn't that successful at all like they've been brilliant and they always were and I suppose yesterday it just was a special day to win both titles the minors and, and, and the seniors in the one day it's, it's, it's a unique occasion I know it happened in Leinster as well and it has happened clear in the past it's just it's something when you win both of them win the same day yeah be careful that it happened those in 97 and that was it, that was it till 13 it, 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 was the perfect, it, was the per- it was the perfect day and I suppose just a word on, on, on the 17s great job again with Jeremy Mullins I mean like it's a start of the season. You wouldn't have thought they were kind of going to be most champions at the start of this. Really played well. Carl O'Neill is definitely... How much of a star is Carl O'Neill going to be was the one question I was going to ask him. Like, he just looks to have something different to your normal under-17. Like as I said, we spoke about Keane Lynch in the senior team that has... He just has that little bit of flair, that little bit of magic and like Carl O'Neill has it as well. He's uh, going to Arts called Reach. I'm sure you're going to hear plenty of him over the coming years. Like, But yeah, definitely future very, very bright. Very young, but very, very bright right now. Yeah, great. No, deserve champions. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's. I think teams will really sit down managements, and and they look at it and say tip four out of four, and yet then Limerick won the league. Everyone's making my Ireland favourites with the ease with which they won the league. Got the kick in the arse against Cork first match, then had to win against Clare, and then they were true. You know, it's it's. It's the, you'll really look I think at your situation at the start and your fixtures and way up maybe going forward I, I do think that might be a feature as we go on we're only in year two of this system and we're learning all the time and obviously the GA need to learn as well like teams playing three weeks in a row which Limerick would have you know had to do and Clare had to do uh, I still think that's too much, do you know. Yeah, scores as well on, on those particular games. Like Clare getting beaten so much by Limerick, it, that came into play in a big way, and it also came into play in Leinster. So, like, I do agree with you. I, I think managers will have a look at like you. You need to keep control in your own hands. Like when you get when you when you ship a bad beating there, right? It just changes things. Like for Clare to be caught the last day, but to still go out, and that came down to literally, and that made life a little bit easier for Limerick. Plain tip, it gave John Kiley. Like if Limerick had to win in Turles, would John Kiley have been afforded the flexibility of maybe leaving Keane Lynch, Grod Hegarty, Declan Hannan off? Mm. Then, like they've had another game. Would you get what you gave yesterday? Big questions. Yeah. Clare lads did him a nice favour getting him into that Munster final and now you have the Munster Cup there with every other cup fair play moving along to Crow Park uh, great great day Crow Park I have to say um, very uh, I was going to say a very good game an intriguing game uh, a game at chess I described it at half time uh, it was just uh, I don't know if you know where that RT box is it's kind of behind the goal uh, the Canal inside and uh, um, like 
it's just like watching it was amazing it wasn't like watching hurling as as i grew up with it it was like watching actually people moving people around on a screen nearly you know with the yeah. fellas were not playing in any position not holding positions you know um i'm full forward one minute i'm midfield the next minute and uh no, except for maybe a Liam Ryan or someone like that, you know, um, and, uh, you know, Hugh Lawler, you know, who I thought had a brilliant second half and to give me his credit, I thought he was outstanding, but uh, it was, it, what do you make of it, Hoggy? Like, he lost out, I know, 123, yeah. 23 points. Yeah, uh, I, the first thing that struck me was when the ref threw the ball in, um, Hugh had gone just onto the 21 waiting for his man to come in and he wasn't coming in and every one of the Kilkenny backs and the six Wexford forwards were congested around where the ball was thrown in and, Hugh had made a dart to get out and mark his man. So literally there was no one from, certainly from the 45, you know, almost 60 yards into Owen Murphy. Everyone was just there for the ball to be ch- thrown. It was like the old days when the, the priest used to come out and throw the ball in the middle of everyone. <laughs> they go at it. It was, uh, but that's the way it's TJ, TJ got rid of the priest as well. He got yeah. rid of the streakers. He got rid of the streakers. You ever hear about the streaker that came on? Where did he come on? Blowncock? Gaelic Grounds. Streaker came on and... Uh, but he, he was on his way off and he, he, he passed by the square and the Limerick fullback uh, gave him a little redner across the two cheeks of his ass. <laughs> I tell you, it was the end of his streaking career. <laughs> yeah. That was the only answer for it. But uh, yeah, I, like, and look, they highlighted on, the, on, the, on the, the Sunday game last night as well in terms of you know, how all the players... It was like, it was like a... Jeez, it was like an under twelve or under ten match, you know, where all the players just followed the ball over to one side of the pitch and the other side of the pitch. There was no and, and you're constantly telling young lads, look, spread out, go into space. But that's that's the way the game has gone. Um it's about winning the the collisions, it's about winning the dirty ball, which is something we would have always put emphasis on, but it's gone to another level now. But did Fitzy Kaji a bit and uh, uh, it isn't easy Kaji now. And I'd I throw this maybe too, Jar, just you can throw back at me if you want, but they went into the middle as they do for the puck outs, you know, straight line, everyone in the middle in, and then the spaces to the side. So I'm alongside Henry now. We're just watching the match here, like, and we're taking our few notes and that. And I'm saying, watch him breaking now, watch chin breaking out to the left. And they went down the middle so often, Mark Fenning. High ball straight down the middle and tried to get a break on it or a hand on it. Conor McDonald grabbed the couple, you know, they, they broke a few, couple came off Kenny Lad's hands. And they got a bit of joy out of them. I, I, I thought that was a huge change in Wexford that I haven't seen this year and I didn't expect in Crow Park. I thought Wexford would go the running route big time. Yeah, but I suppose you have to take your hat off to Fitzy in that kind of situation. He does come up with, 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 with changes and little subtle changes at, at different times when you're... When you expect something, there's always maybe something might that he might throw in. Does he get any hour of sleep, Gerald? Well, he like I think in fairness to him, like you have to give him like his record now in the last last number of years what he's done. There's no one else has done it, and it's phenomenal. And I just think that I just say looking best at manager to come out of clear, Look, best <laughs> that's for that's that's for another debate. That'll take another program. <laughs> no luck now, <Nan>, one two. <laughs> I just think, as you say, he, like he came up with some little subtle changes, pocket down top of the middle. You know, he almost marked the sweeper and took the sweeper out of the game completely. You know, and there was space out in the wings, and you know he, and then he changed it up. Mark Fanning would come, would give a forty-yard pass or a fifty-yard pass and go short. Uh, so I think there's great credit due to him from the point of view that I suppose he's of the of the teams that are there, like the, the teams that he's the the one team. I suppose you're going out to play like their system does cause a problem. And like they've 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 he spent three years 
working on it and slight making subtle changes on it. Any team going out to play Wexford in the, mor- in the morning will know that it's, it's going to be very difficult because the system they've perfected it. Like you know, and I think he, I think he he won the battle yesterday on the line. I think the, the he had Rory O'Connor playing out wing forward and in the li- on the, in the Morrissey, and I think to me that was the one the one switch. Maybe Killian Buckley for some reason Brian mightn't have been available or was injured, um, but like potentially you know he's he now has a few forwards built in. Rory O'Connor is developing into a really really top class player. He's got Leach in there as well. You know no no you've two fellas to mark and. You know, I, I think we got to your hats off him. I think he, he got he got the tactics right. Um, but go back to numbers. It just goes back to the point. I say the number on your back doesn't matter anymore. Even click any number thirty one and from no. the start yesterday, we weren't sure what that was about. Like, but just just play anywhere. Your positions yeah. like you you might be number fourteen, but you could be anywhere. You know what I mean? So I think it's going back to the, the old days where you lined up three, three, two, three, three. That's gone. And gone are the days gone. when the Cork team is announced Tuesday night and you know you're on Germanly if you're two for. Well, I think every team. No, I, I think Brian Cody would have been a guy that would always put a, put up, and he named his fifteen on a Friday night, and that was the fifteen that lined out. Yeah. Now you're saying you're picking the team. You're saying that's not the team. There's, there's definitely going to be one or two changes there. So he, even he is going the same way. Well, kind of job. You know? Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you take Limerick, I don't see the Limerick players, the half back line, full back. Shit, they, no, they absolutely are moving, tracking at certain times, but they try and hold their their positions to exactly you know which is something we would have done historically and the puck out situation yesterday where you're going man for man that causes indecision because what happens is then it's whose own is it you're following your man you're all coming in congested who's going up for the ball and that's where like communication has to be bang on and I thought yesterday for the first 15 minutes there was some indecision there was it Porrick's job as a sweeper to go up was it was a Hughes job to go up with his man Conor McDonald caught a ball where Hugh actually took a step back thinking um, I think Paul Murphy or Park was going up. Connor caught it, and then you know they were in position. I think they got a score off it, um, and it took a, it took a period of time. It took about 15, 20 minutes for for us to actually settle down and, and get a handle on in terms of right who's actually going. You know, be decisive. Um, whereas if you play your, you know, if you take Limerick for example, I'm sure if the ball was going down the middle, well, it's Hannon is going to go for it, and the lads are coming flooding in then. Um, so it's a bit of sticker uh, or shift, you know, and kind of uh, in that respect, but. Uh, yeah, it's certainly, you certainly feel a lot more fluid than you, than before. In fairness, team, he comes up with something out of the bag nearly every day that's we don't expect, Davy. He does, uh, and I said he 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 deserves great credit for it. But the game has changed. Um, like these guys, they're, they're, they just come up with a system. Like they they just rehearse it very well for the previous couple of weeks. They go through it like in endless hours with the with the video and the camera, and they kind of show the opposition and like. Um, you know yourself like showing something to players right it's whatever five or six times just more likely to stick rather than telling them because after a while they stop listening right but uh, you can clearly see that and the coaching and what they're doing right now and Kinnerk is the same in Limerick Davy kind of maybe started that ball rolling to a fair degree um, but like I think any team going out today like more, all teams going out have a system right but the, the, just the Davies, the Canucks, they just really enforce their system and they stick to it and they stick to it and they stick to it. It's a bit like sitting in the stand, right, where you hear the people behind you saying, hey, will you hit it? Will you hit it? Right? And yeah. basically, the players just make, make sure they don't play to the crowd, don't get excited by the occasion, that they stick to their plan, they move the ball through the lines, do exactly their job. And I think that's what the Wexford guys, that's what the Limerick guys are doing at the moment. And it's, look, when it, when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't, well, then you get a bit of sleep. You, you mentioned the two guys there, and they, they were together back in two 13 yeah. and I think Davy and Kinnerk were probably the first to, to start the sweeper system that he played against Galway I think in the quarter final of the All-Ireland in Turles 
he put um, somebody marked. Um, I think Dale, Dale, Dale might have ch- he mightn't have kind of stuck just with leaving the room there yeah, yeah, for yeah. a toilet break. <laughs> I definitely remember Alan Markham playing as a sweeper. They're not sure what year it was, but no. But t- to be fair to the boys, what they do in in the endless hours leading into games and the hours and hours and hours they put into it, right? What I would say to Dale here is, like, obviously we played in a time where it was m- more fifteen and fifteen. The coaching was very, how would you call that? Maybe unstructured, very straightforward. The drills were very straightforward. I often told you, told you come out in the wing when you were yeah, in the corner. I think come so, out, yeah. come yeah. out, Ryan. But. <laughs> I think that if you take all the players like in all the different counties right now that are exposed to all these different types of coaching, you wonder what the next phase is going to bring, whether that's in three years or four years or ten years' time. Where, where, where's the next change going to happen? Yeah, and like obviously Davey's getting huge plaudits um, today you know, over the, the, the huge win of Wexford got, but you, you need the players to execute it as well. And we've all trained club sides and whatever and underage, and it's grand telling players, look, this is what you want to do. But they have to be able to go out and execute, first of all. And then there are stages during a match where they need to be able to think it out for themselves. And Limerick, you know, um, they've minor, under-21 All-Irelands. These lads are used to winning now. They're clever hurlers, absolutely big units, athletic, but they're well able to hurl. Like Zidane, Tom Morrissey, these guys, you know, Hannon, all, you know, go through the team. They're well able to execute, the, you know, playing it through the lines, play a directive they have to. And likewise, Wexford. You know, Davy would have laid out a plan in terms of what needed to be done, but then the players had to go out in the field and do it. So there has to be huge credit given to the to the players to, I suppose, believe in what they're being told and then going out and executing it. And 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 one of the stats that jumped out at me from the the Wexford Kilkenny match was the wide the wide count historically against Wexford when we would have played them over the years. They'd have equally the amount of, the, same, the same amount of possession, maybe even more, but their their accuracy, their their efficiency wouldn't have been at the same level. They they they. they Drove, they would have draw, driven an awful lot of poor wides, you know, poor shot selection, two wides yesterday. Like yeah. That's a phenomenal, um, you know, return for the for the possession they had. In a pressurised pressurize situation, they wasted nothing. Whereas, you know, uncharacteristically for a McKinney point of view, we, you know, and particularly in the last period, last quarter, you know, we wasted a lot of a lot of ball, you know, which is something that Brian yeah, would be looking I, at. I felt overall like that Kilkenny created more. I, I thought they did, you know, but then at half time. They hadn't converted that. And I think maybe that was a lot of Fitzy's game plan was coming in that we're going to stay in this. And I also remember with the dubs, we were lucky enough to get Padraig Harrington in one night for an hour to chat to, chat to the boys. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, but one of his, like Padraig, uh, people might, some people would know it, but like he had an awful poor um, amateur record of losing South of Ireland finals, you know, West of Ireland finals and then when he went pro even beating in a couple of playoffs and but he, he what what stuck with me, the line that stuck with me that night was is if you keep bringing this to the edge, you'll eventually go over that edge. And like when Paddy Deegan sold it out with that ball after catching it because it was the only free, he didn't actually miss it, but it was the only free free chin drop short which was also a major thing they've gotten right now is the free yeah, take and you yeah. have to say that was a problem and that has been hopefully solved for them from their point of view but um, like when Paddy Deegan caught that ball drove up the field gave it to TG I said oh. I just said to Shefflin you probably have it now like you know if you kick on with the next point but crucially Rory O'Connor like maybe they didn't have a player like that before he smelt when he got that ball he looked for the pass I think it was Liam McGovern flicked it over the top to him when he got it he said, I'm going in with this. Do you know, I'm not going levelling it up here. I'm going in with it. Yeah. Do you but, know? But like, yeah, I mean, and that play in particular, I'd argue probably 
couple of years ago, Liam Moe probably would have turned and gone for his shot himself and dropped it on top of Owen Murphy and we'd launched an attack. They recycled it, came back out and, and then were able to get it to Rory O'Connor who was at the other side of the field. Um, and like at half time, I felt um, Wexford had done a lot of the hurling. Um, we were against a fairly strong uh, breeze and we went in a point up and I thought we were nicely positioned. I thought, you know, without hurling particularly well, I thought we weathered the storm in terms of the, the puck outs and etc. That we things were looking okay and, and like small margins, it was a goal. Uh, it, it was three points, you know. But would you have felt the same in Wexford Park? Dillo, go back to a couple of weeks previous, like when Kilkenny got the goal in the second half. Would you have felt Kilkenny were in the kind of the box seat? They would have kicked on, but again they didn't, and Wexford stuck at it and got the result. And like you go back to that day and we said the goal would double get like how close were Wexford to going out? Yeah, well, like one of the things I'd say about Wexford at the minute now, and I, I think it's that marriage of players. I think I think Hoagie's right there stepping up, but I think the coaching is obviously excellent as well. Do you know, because as you said, Liam O would probably have gone for his point in that situation before. But instead of that, what are my options? And I'll take a few steps and he saw the option. But the thing is if you, but, well, but think yeah. about the Leinster Championship so far, like outside of beating Carlo, this is their first match winning. But you won't be beating them easy though. That's the first thing I think a coach is charged with, isn't it? Well, I, I suppose he plays with seven defenders. So I yeah. suppose you look at Kilkenny yesterday, and you were you're always saying like Kilkenny over the years will will will, will they'll, they'll go for the juggler when they get the chance. And you know every game they have three or four or five uh, chances for goals. I think Mark Fanning had one save to make a save from Colin Fenley. So I think with the extra defender back there, he's stopping the goals going in. And Kilkenny don't have the forwards I think that they used to have a couple of years ago that are the same threat. You know they don't have that standard other than TJ. You know, Walter Walsh is not the player. I think that he was that he has. We haven't seen that. Maybe through injury, we haven't seen that threat from him. We haven't seen Richie Hogan has has been on and off the field. Came on with a minute to go yesterday. You know, I just think that you know that we they don't seem to have the threat. I think he's playing one back all the time, and he's able to he's able to command a situation where he'll stay in there. He'll keep it tight, and they they showed huge composure yesterday in closing out the game because I think they've been in that situation over the last couple of years they've lost two quarterfinals last year playing poorly so he's had he's had poor days with it so I'd like to turn it around yesterday uh, and, and to and to and, and to win yesterday was a as you said it was the first time winning a match this year in Leinster it's a huge credit to him like and they're you know the, the, the whole the whole country going to be behind him now at this stage I'd say Dilo, even you'll be behind him I would imagine will you ah oh, huge kudos to my old goalie behind me there get your man get your man <laughs> pick up your man you will you <laughs> shut <What>? up you <laughs> <laughs> well, one, of, one of the things that stood out for me from the Wexford Park match to yesterday was um, their use of the ball around the middle middle of the field when they were striking ball in they were on the front foot they played the ball to the point they played the, delivered the ball down uh, the Cusick stand side in front of uh, Rory O'Connor you know an ideal ball for a forward a nightmare for a back played low on the ground straight in front of him he came out collected it faded one way came back over the bar whereas in Wexford Park the first 15 minutes they lurried more ball down on top of Parik Walsh and Joey Holden and they had to pain their arm they were catching balls where effectively they were putting balls straight down on top of a sweeper they didn't make that mistake yesterday they learned from that as a result we couldn't get Parik into the match a bit like his older brother when he clears the ball it's like clearing two balls two you know, ball it, it, and he comes flying up the field he got a sensational point against Wexford uh, or sorry in Wexford Park when he came up along the line you know so we couldn't get Parik on the ball enough as a sweeper they nullified that whereas Two weeks previous, or a couple of weeks previous, down in Wexford Park, they played into our hands a bit. So they, they learned from that, and uh, that was from the middle part of the field where we didn't win that battle. You mentioned a, a player for Limerick, Willie, uh, William Donahue. That's that kind of player we needed. 
in that middle of the field. I think, and Killian not being fit hurt us there, uh, you know. There's a fair spine in this Wexford team, Dello. Like, if you take, like, Mark Fanning, Liam Ryan, Matt Johandon, Lee Chain, and Colin McDonald, that's just physically strong, party foley. Like, that's, that's, that's a powerful, powerful operation, a powerful unit straight down the middle. Yeah, and the big thing with that is, TJ, like, uh, from last year, and, you know, it's funny, sometimes we, a new manager comes in and you get a kick, you know, and uh, you've seen that, you're with Dub- you, as soon as you went in with Dublin, you got a great, like, he should have been the league final almost, and in the quarter final, could have gone either way, and then there's kind of a lull in the second year, sometimes with those counties, and I think Wexford lulled big time last year, then there was a player, a real leadership player's decision to go down and ask the guy to stay on, and they ponied up then as well and said, right, we're no point driving down now unless we're going to back it up. So there's a collective there that the third year we're going to really kick back and Well, that's what about the coaching that I suppose maybe the Davy and Kinnerk and these guys have at the moment, right, is the buy-in. Like, you, you know, if you can come up whatever, we can come up with a plan now to take out whatever we want, right? But if we don't all fully buy into that plan, it'll break down somewhere along the way. Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier about Peter Casey saying about the, the, the study tip and Brian is after mentioning about the Lorraine ball down on top of uh, Joey and Parry Gwalch and all these guys. And obviously for the two weeks, they studied that match hard and said we've... And the narrative out there was like, Acro Park isn't Wexford Park now. They won't hold TJ. And to be fair to TJ, I mean, you'll keep a man down once, but it's good, hard to keep a good one down twice. But well, just going back to George's point, just to going up like to see a bit of magic. Like the magic from the, the point he got at the end of the match where he, he, he brought the ball back in, you know, Turn, took the first steps and put it over the bar. It was just, it was just brilliant to see it. Like he is a, like he's a magician. Like with that one in his hand, he, like he's a, he's an absolutely brilliant player. We're just privileged to be able to, to look at him to, to enjoy, you know how good a player he is. Like you know, um, I just think he's brilliant. But it just one other point. Have you I meant to mark him? What? Have that's, you meant that's, to mark him? Well, that's that'll be a good question. We'll, we'll that'll be another debate. Uh, one other thing, Dale. Before I go from Leinster final, I just thought the at the end of the match, the interception by Liam Ryan was fantastic. Like, you know, he, he, he was brave and that, I think Conor Fogarty went in, was looking across, but for him to, he still had to go, because if he missed that ball, I don't know who was waiting for it, Conor Fennelly or whoever it is, the ball was inside in the back of the net and the game could have been over. I'd have to have the, the bravery to, to go and attack it, intercept it. I, just thought I think he's a great moment. This was a great oh, he's, moment. He's brilliant. And, and, and he's a great fullback, yeah. And if there's a battle of the last two games for me, because I was, I was pretty much, you know, I was, I was down that end the first half, was Liam Ryan, Conor Fennelly, like the two of them, just there wasn't a back foot, back step taken. They went at it, you know. And, and in the game of Wexford Park, Liam got a yellow card around the same time. Matty Holland got a, got a yellow card, and the two were under pressure then because particularly Neem because Colin will go at you and go at you and go at you all day long. And again, they just took up took up from where they left off in Wexford Park yesterday, and it was a great it was a great hustling. And, and Colin, to be fair to him, was being doubled, you know, because uh, Kevin Foley was dropping back in front of him, you know, and he got a score. Well, actually, he struck the goalie's head. Um, he made it out of nothing, but he was living off scraps. We couldn't, we just couldn't get enough ball in, you know, into him um, during the match, and that was a credit to, to Wexford out the field, you know. Yeah, fairness. Uh, I, 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 we were right behind the goal uh, for the second half of that battle as well, and uh, like just in, in, intrigue. Not first half of it, excuse me. Uh, it was intriguing to watch the two of them, like Fenley trying to play him from behind almost. And you said, "Sure, you're telling every forward, what are you playing him from behind?" But it was, of course, pure cuteness out of Fenley that if I pick your pocket here from behind, I'll give you a little nudge out, and I'm gone in. Like, uh, but Ryan then having the wherewithal to say. I'll get a little touch on it. I'll get it to the side. I, I just, 
I love watching that stuff. Like I, I know your and you what you said about George is great as well. Like about a bit of magic, but I love watching those fascinating tussles as well. And that's what was yesterday. I think people, you know, maybe during the game, people were a small but critical of the standard of the game. I thought it was an intriguing game. I, I really enjoyed it. it. Was there were there were you know level ten or twelve times in the game. It was tit for tat. Like you didn't really know until the last ten minutes. I thought when Paddy Deegan caught that ball and came up the field, and all of a sudden fantastic pass to TJ bang over the bar that's, that's, that's the magic I think that George was kind of talking about that's brilliant like to see that kind of situation and you normally in the past you'd expect to see Kilkenny go on from there to take it on like in those games they they would have gone on and, and won that game but in fairness to Wexford they didn't need to rattle them at all but you know it's probably great kudos to Wexford and look most of the country would be delighted for them because you know you've a lot won Brian both at the same time you you, you you have to be beaten and you keep winning until teams come up to your standard and that you know I know your own standard isn't what you were the greatest team that ever played to me but um, just a few things I found unclickinish right you know um, Richie Hogan coming on in injury time I just yeah. what, I don't know the story with the fitness level was you know obviously there's been issues but he came on against Galway and I thought it was fairly effective but you know bringing him on so late weird and the other thing I'd say to you is after the goal they got a point Conor Fogarty then got an easy chance of a point like to bring it back to one and there was possibly three to four minutes to go like yeah. and like tried to work a goal I just felt that was so unkilkenny like from my thinking yeah um, I um, after we came out of the Wexford Park match uh, the, ma- the match on Wexford Park there was, I suppose there were two things I felt would make the difference for us going up to Crow Park uh, one was Making sure that the key lads were fit, that Killian didn't have a reaction to, them, to that match, that Wally was, would be two weeks further on in terms of his rehab, and that Paddy Deegan was okay. There were three injuries were carrying. Wally wasn't right. Killian didn't start, and and uh, obviously I, Paddy only got the boot off seven days before the match, so that impacted us. And the other thing was decision making. Um, I just felt that some of the younger lads, in particular down at Wexford Park, maybe. You know, through an experience, maybe diving in, giving away a few silly frees. I think of one there, um, Billy Ryan dived in on uh, Paulie Foley, gave away a free, and he put the ball over the bar. Handy, you know, not a handy score, it was 100 yards out, but for Paulie Foley, yeah. with his ability. And like Richie Lahey chased, uh, I think it was Chin down the, the, the wing in Wexford Park, had, did the hard work, made up the ground, and then just hurling around the neck. So it was a decision making I was looking for to make the right decision at the right time. And yesterday, at crucial stages, probably didn't make the right decisions in terms of you know we a bit of panic in the last couple of minutes where you know there was time there wasn't much in there was only a couple of points there was plenty of time take your points you know and, 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 and again it, it's a case where maybe just someone's saying let's calm, calm it down calm it down and then yeah you mentioned Richie I mean probably we had two forwards yesterday who really stood up TJ goes to saying he always delivers for us and Adrian Mullen I thought had a great game for us such a young camp. lad you know won his own ball took his man on but we didn't Wally was obviously carrying an injury and we didn't get enough throughout the rest of the field and you know Richie coming on massive player for us over the years you know came on with a minute to go I'd love to have seen him on the, the pitch with 15 minutes to go because even the game against Galway you know where there was lads getting sent off and I remember TJ coming over to Brian Asylum and having a word the next thing they told Richie come out the field going to play him as a free man because if Richie gets on ball, he'll make things happen. Yeah. And, you know, if you see, if, as a defender, if you see you're watching TJ, he's the focal point of the Kilkenny attack. If you see Richie Hogan drifting off one side, it's, Jesus, you know. It's Richie take, Hogan. It's like. Richie Hogan, you know, and it just creates a little bit more room, you know, and, 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 you, and you need that. You need multiple focal points of attack. Otherwise, you become very predictable, you know, and you see the scores for Limerick, you know, coming from all different areas. And likewise, 
Tip, you know, it's 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 Jamie Canlon, it's Ford, it's it's McGrath, you know. So we were we were again. It came down to being a little bit too reliant on TJ. What's his club form like at the moment? Richie, Richie has been struggling. To be fair, he's had a serious ah, yeah. back injury, and on and off. And to be fair to him, like he's been, it's been stop start from you know. He's he's just thinks he's it's coming right. It seems to settle down, and it flares up again. Um, you know, he played one of the club matches, and he had to, they had to take him off, and he sat on the sideline. Um, the other match, he played well. He played well for the match, but like it's a club match, and then you're going up to a Leinster final. And that I sure none, none of us have any doubt of Richie's right. Yeah, but he's on there. Yeah, right. yeah, but if he's right to come on, I suppose with him. Yeah, you know, you know with a minute to go. But maybe I suppose to be fair, he wasn't right, yeah, and they were just yeah. grasping at straws that he but, might drag a guy out. They needed yeah. the goal, and two guys might and look get distracted by Richie, yeah, and you know, coming at it from a Kilkenny perspective, but I have to say, I I, I did feel. Wexford were the better team. They looked physically, they're a bit more further along in terms of their development. So just to yeah. physically, you know, and, and hurling white, every, they just looked that little bit more powerful. And I, I think they were full. They deserved their they title. They deserved the win. They deserved absolutely. their title. Without, yeah. without absolutely. Doubt. No. And I always believe the best team always wins, and they were the best team by by a shot. You know, they, they deserved to win. I don't know about sure. that now in hurling. I agree <laughs> with you totally with that, Huggy. But uh, will, yeah, they deserve to win. They deserve their title. Yeah, and yeah. the scenes at the end are great as oh, well. Yeah, they yeah. were doing a lap of honor with the Bob O'Keefe. You'd hardly been doing a lap of honour, would you? Yeah. Well, you might with this new team. Yeah, look, I mean, if, you know, you take it on its merits. Like, there's, I was talking to my own two club men, they'd never heard in Crow Park, Paddy and Hugh, you know, there and you, you take go. it for there granted. You Unbelievable. You know, so for them, there was a massive occasion, you know, to go up there and, and, and to, to be on the Hurling Crow Park. You know, you take it for granted. Yeah, for sure, there's some of the lads there with medals, but look, as a player, you'd relish it. You know, Leinster, Bob O'Keefe, you know, the cup coming to the dressing room. You know, maybe the fans back a couple of years ago did take it for granted, for sure. But look, you can't argue the scenes in the Gaelic grounds and the scenes in Crow Park or Wexford. And, you know, I read there, um, I think it was, it was Nick English, someone was coming up from Limerick and he, he, um, whatever time he was hitting the M50. And there were still buses heading down the M- towards the M11 from Wexford celebrating. You know, and they're phenomenal fans. I know you name check the Limerick fans, but... Like the Wexford oh, fans unreal. are unbelievable. Soon, unreal. Soon as, unreal, yeah. as soon as they were in the, the Leinster final, you knew there were going to be 50,000 plus at a match. Yeah. Just wearing our Cork hat at the moment, Toggy. How, how will they bounce back, do you think? Say again? You know, just wearing your, wearing your Cork hat tonight. Oh, today. sorry, yeah. How yeah. will they bounce back in two weeks' time? If, uh, watch it now, assuming, watch it now, Brian. Watch it now, because they're <laughs> always milking down here now. Watch uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think it's a great... Um, a great um, fixture for Kilkenny not from the point of view uh, that you know I think Cork Kilkenny matches are, all, are always great matches but from the development I had this discussion in in McDonald's last night with some of the lads from the club um, where they said ah, we could have got an easier draw, draw but like you don't want an easier like where this this team is at in terms of the development as I said to you, you know, Leinster final after losing some of them first game they want you want to keep you want to keep challenging them you know and is it that no bigger challenge you know a huge challenge Cork you know, the, the history, the rivalry, you know, possibly in Turles, that's a massive occasion. And, and Brian will, you know, prefer that, that. He'll build those players up now for the next two weeks for a huge contest um, against Cork. And, and it'll be a different type of challenge, you know, because Cork, Cork play a different way to, 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 um, to Wexford. But, yeah, you know, I think there'll be no fear, you know, any team that Brian is over will die in their boots on every occasion. <laughs> well, that's, you know, isn't it, isn't it amazing that the Kilkenny attitude nearly is always even though they seem to be going through kind of a fallow enough period to bring it on. <laughs> Do you know this Isn't it a great way to have it? The rest of us are probably saying, what's the draw, what's the draw? <laughs> even the Clare footballers this morning, I was there, Radio 1, what's the draw, what's the draw? You know, avoid this code, try and get this code. And, you know, so... Um, but that, that'd be the like Kenny way, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think, look, maybe in, say, 2013, when there was a bit more mileage in the clock yeah, and you're coming off the back of a, you know... A, 
defeat to yourselves, and, you know, to Dublin. And, you know, depending on time here, you know, if it's a week or two week recovery, you know, you might be looking, oh, I hope I get it, you know. But I think in this case, where the team is at, they're young, they need, you know, they're, they're on an upward curve in terms of development. I think it'll stand to them more to get another serious test, you know, against, against the likes of Cork, you know, on a big occasion on Thursday. Well, I tell you, Brian, even going back to 2013, uh, I came out the door after finally getting to say hard luck lads uh, uh, T at that day and I said to Richie Stakelum when there was a couple of lads walking away up the town maybe for a pint and I said if they can beat Tipperary in Nolan Park next week I said they are some bunch of men because they look a beaten docket I says and of course what happens <laughs> no they're an incredible team and they're still not gone away and like we, we would expect that Cork will get over the, the game next weekend and Cork Kenny will take on a life of its own like there's huge tradition history there massive prize for the winners and then they'll probably be heading down the Limerick side of the draw that's, that's what it looks like but um, I would think at this stage that I would say that Myler will be happy enough I think his advantage Cork I think he got what he wanted and finished third in Munster they were after winning the championship for the last two years I think that they'll just are going to come with one strong run now and to beat someone like a Kenny in a quarter final. Moving on that way will give them the, the confidence, and it's, it, I would say that this is this is it for for Myler and his Cork team. I think. Yeah, it's a great move. Um, adding uh, Tom Kenny to the coach and ticket as well, Jerry. You probably would have worked with him at college, would you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tom was involved with the freshers in UCC, and he's been involved in like, and it's been rumored for for, for a couple of months that I, uh, that Tom might have been going in there. Uh, he's a young family and moved house recently back to his own part of the world. So, again, I suppose maybe I suppose coming in mid season would might be the only kind of a question in relation to you know yeah, maybe for different reasons he might not be able to give it the time all along. But his name has been mentioned in the past of of uh, of a guy that uh, that John obviously likes him. Had, had asked in the past about getting involved so it'll be interesting to see um, you know what, what he brings to the table and maybe a lot of hooking and blocking down in training for the next couple of weeks that's for sure that's because he was good I tell you he, could he cover ground in Lorna Park uh, that's great stuff and looking a quick chat about the Joe McDonough and that's not what I want to make it sound like because do you know but unless you were in Crow Park you couldn't really see it um, I was there I could only Henry was on my left, so he would about the best view of it. And we trying to watch the Munster final at the same time, you know. Um, but, you know, um, Eddie going into to Leash to start. We, we'll, we'll talk about your team at a, in a minute, uh, Tej. But, you know, I went down to watch them playing Kerry at a, a bit of a graph for the old Kerry boys. And I'm near the ferry as well, where I live, Brian. So it's only 10 minutes to the ferry and I'm in Tralee in half an hour. And... Uh, so I said I'd go over and watch it Saturday afternoon, you know, and like Kerry scored I think one twenty two, but Lee scored five fifteen, I think. And I, I think yeah. I said it like, Oh Eddie he, he didn't want to score a pint when he was playing, did he? Like he just <laughs> no. and like yesterday again, like the three goals yeah. and the timing of them as well. And I mean Aaron Dunphy's goal I would say was as good a goal. I don't know if you saw it last night even let's as good a goal as I've seen in Crow Park in, in years and he got one of those in Kerry as well, like uh and you'd say that forward line is is a very good forward line, maybe a little bit vulnerable at the other end of the field, but um, he's done a great job there with Niall Cochran, who would be a great whole ally of mine, I have to say, still, and hurled for Crocs yeah, last Thursday yeah. night, you know, right. if it is a fiddle, I'd say that some of the leash boys to be a trend and Cochran running past them, I'd say it's fairly demoralising, but... Uh, it's a great, it's a great result for him, and he, his first year going in there. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, it's gas how sometimes teams take on the... 
you know, they personify the managers over them, you know, in terms of like, you know, Brian or even Dublin lads with yourself, you know, they die with the boots on and they're the passion and then Eddie, you know, their forwards are obviously watching a few videotapes of him when he was back in the day hurling because, uh, yeah, they, they, throughout the year, they've had, you know, a serious goal threat and their forwards, you know, it's one thing on their mind when there's half a chance and, and it, exactly the way Eddie used to hurl, you know, he'd sooner go down the juggler and, and, and you know, hang a ball in the back of the net and, and that's something it's very hard to coach. You can either, either have it or you don't as a as a player, you know, Eddie had it in mm. spades. Unfortunately <laughs> I was um I my wisdom decided to bring my twenty month year old and, and six year old child to the first first outing or at least the youngest first outing in Crow Park. So uh, sitting through two matches was probably going to be a stretch. Um so I got to see it about the last fifteen minutes of it. You were buying the jellies and you oh, were stop. You know, and <laughs> yeah, stop. But it's, it's literally a feeding friends just keeping the sugar into them and then worry about the consequences afterwards, you know. Um, but uh but yeah, look a delight for Eddie, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's and, and, and delight for Leash, you know, it's a, Huge, yeah. you know, so historic, you know, in Leinster, you know, massive hurling county, you know, great history. And uh, then, you know, it's important for them to to be back up at the top table. I mean, down for a number of years. The the challenge for them now, obviously, is to is to finish out the year strongly, and then for next year, is to really make a good, you know, strong run at it in 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 in, in the Division One, and and not and trying to avoid doing you know the yo-yo effect. But that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, because I know when they went in there first, like from chatting to Nile. That like didn't nearly have been shocked with some of the attitudes to yeah. the train and then stuff like that. And obviously Eddie has turned yeah. that around and got a buy-in and Ross King wasn't going to play over the incident in the county final and yeah, they got Ross yeah. back and significantly who buried the ball when there were two points to nil down early on, only Ross King. And, yeah. you know, I think and that I kind of buy-in to Eddie, you couldn't, you know, a county like Leash... You know, Cheddar did a brilliant job there. To be fair, uh, you know, we're, talk, we're talking about buying. You know, we've mentioned it now with Davy and the Wexford boys. You know, buying into the, the this is you know, and likewise in Leash. You know, Eddie came in and uh, the lads have bought into it. And I was asking a Leash lad there after the match um, again at McDonald's. It had great conversations at McDonald's yesterday. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you many times at McDonald's yeah. yesterday? <laughs> you don't queue. look like it. In a, fairness, there was a big queue there. Was a big queue. <laughs> but um, you know, I was kind of saying, is everyone that should be hurling for Leash hurling for Leash? You know, because sometimes that's a that's a that's an issue where, you know, the club thing is down the rivalry down there and everything else. And he said, yeah, you know, he said, maybe look, there might be two lads or three lads, you know, but maybe that's not the worst thing in the world either. You know, if they're not willing to commit, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, and uh, but you know, they ha- he Eddie has who he wants in there, and and they've bought into what he's trying to achieve, and you know, they've had the success now, and uh, you know, it's it's been a it's been a great year, and by all you know, by all accounts, I think they've been. The, the best team in it, you know, and, and the dominant team, and it's their being their scoring threat, you know, the five, six forwards. Yeah, and it, that was it, uh, Brian. It was the spread of scores. Yeah. Do you know, uh, they all clipped in with, if you went through their scoring, all their forwards clipped in with scores, and Paddy Purcell midfield mm. had a great game. Uh, and whereas at the other end, and he has done great work, uh, TJ, Joe, Joe Quaid, getting Westmead promoted from, from up into Division 1A for next year. And, uh, like they had a great season as well and came into the final. But I think the little problem there was the over reliance maybe on Killian Dial, who is a brilliant player. Like I mean, I think it, they played him in the leash, dead rubber game, that was a draw. Whereas Eddie left off five or six, uh, being the cute uh, Greg Belly Callum man and uh, but they played him that day. But uh what I could gather was they tried three or four guys on him. You know, uh, to, just to see who'd be the best. Yeah. He still came up with one five from play yesterday, Jar. I tell you, that's a sign of a real. The only other guy, and he only came on as a sub, TJ, was his his twin brother, Kieran. He got two points. 
and no other player got more than a point. Do you know and that? It, that tells a bit of a story, doesn't it? It does. No, I, got, I did get to see extended highlights. Uh, your counterpart CG4 showed a good highlights last night of the Joe McDonald final year half eight, as opposed to what great you guys show. Anyway. But um, great forward play, I have to say. Two well prepared teams, two well conditioned teams. Now as well, you can see the influence guys maybe coming from maybe kind of a, a background where they were understanding the system. But the forward play, you'd have to say the leash half forward line there of Dunphy, Mark Cavan, Peaky Mar, like re- re- really impressive half forward line. Killian Dial centre forward again, really really impressive. Tommy Dial full back for Westmead. There are some really really good players, some really good score taken, and you know it's 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 a tough competition. You see the teams like Offaly falling out of it. The teams, it's it's hard, it's hard to get there. But you'd have to say that both teams. Both managements, both counties really gave it respect it deserved and really went for it. Lads, uh, brilliant stuff, uh, uh, TJ. Uh, Good morning, million, Dale, thank you. All Ireland champions. Yeah. Uh, Brian, brilliant stuff, Joe, thanks a million. Thanks, and Larry, sorry, Larry, you've enjoyed all the Painful Mondays in the last Larry, few yeah. weeks. Uh, Larry, very quiet today, a little bit downtrodden there, uh, but you'll be back, Larry, no doubt. Because uh, reading Babs's interview on Saturday, Larry, <laughs> where there was machine gun uh, fire scattered all over the country, it went to Clock Jordan, it went to Portro, it went to Dublin, it went everywhere. And eventually, if you're firing a machine gun, a bit will stick. <laughs> You should be thankful to Babs for giving you those couple of soft All-Irelands there. In the they, were, they were the worst All-Irelands ever won, 94 and 95. It was some insult to that awfully team anyway, whatever it was. <laughs> I think there, was, there wasn't many people not insulted in that one there. No, 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 but no doubt. Uh, I see Tip, uh, the betting. I was just having a quick look before we came over. We're not, a, we're not sponsored by any betting company. We're sponsored by the great Paddy McGee in Renault, Ireland. Uh, a, a hurling diehard Paddy McGee. Not petty if you're listening. Football, but great GA man. What a GA man. And so glad Renault are on board. Limerick 11 to 10. Tip 11 to 4. Cork 8 to 1 last night. 6 to 1 this morning. Ger Cunningham, did you ring your bookie last night? Uh, no, it was probably after talking to Brian Hogan. I'm not so sure they'll be going there now because if they're going to be looking forward to playing us in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, they're probably, you know, they're probably in the long grass. I think, you know, they're, they're, it's a tough run. Like they have to Kilkenny, Limerick, and maybe tip into fine if they come to or Wexford. Dublin, it's 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 not an easy run to do it. Like the, I think it's, it's it's I think the the top two, you know, are there, but um, we'll be hopeful. I think we we need to we need we've been a bit inconsistent in the last couple of matches, played in our own robin one two last two. I think you know the next couple of weeks, how we'll go next week against Westmead and building on in, and building momentum into into into. I'm glad you mentioned them, TJ. Yeah, I like the eleven to ten about Limerick. Yeah, I think best what they've shown, based on yesterday, I think they're entitled to be favourites this stage. Oh, I tell you, if I hate it, I don't belong getting cocky there. <laughs> the, the, the lonely Shannon side. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. We probably went on a bit today, but I mean, uh, you don't get three guys in here like this uh, too often on a Monday morning. Um, as always, uh, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or uh, at irishexaminer.com podcast. Leave us an old rating or a review, but make sure it is a nice one, okay? Uh, if it isn't, uh, we want. We'll just ignore it. Anyway. It's like Twitter. I got riddled. I I've been riddled over a slice of pizza there for the last two weeks. Uh, an old slice of pizza, huh? Good luck, lads. Thanks a million. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. Ah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.